Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. A few weeks ago, I shared a story about Doyle Davidson, the president of this ministry's mother, Alba, when she was deathly ill. I'd like to share another story about her today. Alba Sarah Miller Davidson was born on September 16, 1908. You would have considered her a quiet, prim, and proper woman. I've been told that you would have never heard her raise her voice. Her son Doyle shares how he would call to say hello and would always have to ask her to speak up. Alba was not one that liked to talk about herself, and when her only son went into the ministry, he couldn't get his mother to tell him much about her salvation. As time went on in the early 1990s, Alba began having some psychological problems. She would say that she thought someone was trying to poison her, and she insisted that the poison was coming from the gas furnace. Her husband Lyle and her son Doyle both had the gas company and heating and air company come out and check the furnace to calm her fears. The experts found nothing wrong, but Alba couldn't find peace. Doyle called his dad to check on his mother. When he did, he heard some very distressing news. The family had put her into the hospital in Springfield. Doyle asked why. They replied that they took her to St. John's to have her admitted and evaluated for psychological problems. But the next day, while in the hospital, she developed ulcers on her lips, throat, and all through her mouth. She couldn't drink and she couldn't swallow. The doctors were saying that she was having a series of small strokes and they said she was going to die. When Doyle called, they told him what was happening and that they were removing all life support, including withdrawing all liquids. Doyle was disturbed. He had been a veterinarian for 20 years. He knew medicine. He knew the functions of the body. He knew the effects of denying liquids. He pleaded with the family, please don't withdraw the liquids. That would mean she would be dying from dehydration and starvation of water. That would be a terrible death. But his family said, well, that's the way they do it. He answered back, well, that's not how I would do it. Where's dad? They said he was gone from the hospital. He persisted. When are you going to withdraw the nutrition and the fluids? They replied they already had. Dole wasn't getting anywhere, and he was one upset man. There was a baseball field adjacent to this church. Dole walked out there, sat on one of the bleachers, and started praying. He was talking to Jesus, and he was talking to the Father, and he was talking in faith. Lord, what are they doing to my mother? They're going to let her die from dehydration. Water starvation is the worst. I don't understand this. You know I'm an equine practitioner. I would never do a horse this way, never. And I don't even know if she's saved. I don't want my mother dying and going to hell. This went on 
for a while. Did God hear that prayer? You know he hears us always. About 5.30 to 6 o'clock that evening, Doyle's prim and proper, quiet as a mouse mother started yelling from her hospital bed. Jesus, come get me. Jesus, come get me. Jesus, come help me. Jesus, come get me. You could hear her all over the floor and even in the elevators. And she didn't stop for 30 minutes. And you know what? After those 30 minutes, all the lesions on her lips and in her mouth were healed. They were able to give her fluids to drink and liquid nourishment. She began to amend. When Doyle heard that, the Spirit of God spoke to him. Now do you think your mother's saved? Doyle could only laugh and say, I guess she must be. Alba Sarah Davidson went on to live five more years before she went to be with the Lord. Romans 10.13 states, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered. It worked for Alba. It will work for you. I'm going to share one of my favorite tunes, Washed in the Blood, ministered here by the Water of Life Quartet. Join your faith with them. Let's worship God. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed, Are you washed in the blood, in the, blood, in the soul-bending blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed, Are you washed in the blood, in the, blood, in the soul-bending blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed, are you washed in the blood? In the blood, in the soul venting blood of the Lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion's right and 
by praying a prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. Father, my Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may you give unto us the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling and what the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints is. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power to usward who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in the heavenly places. Father, grant us this in Jesus' name. Amen. What is truth? What is truth? I grew up in the tail end of a generation that was seeking for truth. And like I said before in previous broadcasts, every answer that you want to know about you, the world, God, is in the Word of God. It's in the Bible. The Father himself, Jesus, said, Ask and you'll receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. Well, what is truth? Let's take a look. I'm going to begin in John 1:17. Here is an extraordinary statement. Let me read it to you. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Listen to this statement. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Where did truth come by? Where did truth come from? Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. If you will notice here, the truth didn't come by Moses. Moses didn't bring us the truth. Jesus did. Now let's go to Ephesians 1.13. Another remarkable verse. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Like I've always told my students, be a careful reader. Listen to what this verse says. In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel 
of your salvation. What is truth? It states it right here. Here's your answer. What is truth? After that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. What is truth? The truth is the gospel. The truth is the gospel. What came by Jesus? Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What is the word of truth? The word of truth is the gospel. Now, like before, what is the gospel? We find that definition in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to begin in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. So Paul here is declaring the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, right now, so far, we know the gospel is truth. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. You're saved through the gospel. If you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4, And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. What is the gospel? The gospel here is that Jesus died, he was buried, and he was raised again. And what is that gospel? What we read in Ephesians 1.13, the gospel is the word of truth. Let's take a look at another verse. Let's turn to John 14.6. Here, Jesus is answering Thomas, speaking to one of his disciples. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Listen to what Jesus states here. I am the way, the truth. Jesus is the truth. What is the truth? That he died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. So what do we do with the truth? We believe it. We adhere to it. We trust in it. We look to it. And what happens when we do? That truth works. I have a great example of this. Back in 2002, I was in the sign business. I had been in the sign business for about 15 years. And God spoke to my spirit and said, I want you to go back to teaching. When I was in Ohio, I was a teacher. I taught for several years and then I came to Texas. I didn't teach once I was in Texas. Well, I knew right away. That if God was telling me to go back to teaching, there was going to be a teaching job for me. So I contacted a couple people that I knew in the field. And they explained to me that I was going to have to be certified in Texas, that I knew. And that through that certification, I was going to have to take a test. And once I took the test, if I passed that test, I would be certified. So the first thing I did in the beginning of 2003 was I began to substitute in the area while I was getting ready to take that test. 
And God led me exactly where I should go, who I should talk to, the people that I needed to speak to, to begin to substitute. He had right there in front of me. He supplied everything I needed and I began to substitute. And then when the test came around in April, I took it. I passed it. Now it was time for me to look for a job. And guess what? There weren't any. I went through the whole summer. I applied. I interviewed. I had principals that were very interested in having me, but there were no positions. There were no open positions. One said, Kathy, as soon as this position opens, we're going to give it to you. Well, guess what? The position ended up not being available. So there I was, close to the beginning of the new school year with no job. But what was I to do? I believed. I trusted in the truth. And the truth was that the Father sent me back to teaching. I had to believe that what the Father told me was above what I was seeing. Romans 3, 7 states, For if the truth of God has more abounded through my lie unto his glory. Well, what was the truth? The truth was that Jesus supplied a job for me when he died, was buried, and rose again. Part of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus took care of me needing a job. It took care of my poverty. Jesus became poor that I might be rich. And God told me, go back to teaching. I had to trust in what the Father told me and what the gospel did for me above what my eye was seeing. I remember people would look at me, shake their head and say, Oh, Kathy, it's just too bad there are no positions. I couldn't look at what they were telling me. I couldn't go by my feelings. I couldn't go by what I saw. I had to trust in what the Father told me and what the gospel did for me. I remember it was less than a week before school started, and I told the Father in prayer, I said, Father, if you want me to substitute for another year, that's fine, but I know you told me to come back to teaching. And I know that my job was supplied through the gospel. And I know in my heart there is a job for me. And I am going to trust what I know you told me, what the gospel did for me, and what is in my spirit above what I see because it doesn't look good. I attended a football meeting for the parents. And I sat through the meeting and on my way out of that meeting, I ran into a teacher friend of mine that I had substituted with. And she stopped me and she said, Kathy, have you found a job yet? I said, no, I have not. She said, well, Kathy, I thought you had a job. I said, no, I don't. The position never opened. She said, I understand. She said, you know what? We had a teacher today resign. She said, I'm going to go home and call the principal. The next day, I got a phone call from the vice principal. Said, we'd like you to come in. We'd like to interview you. So I got my best outfit on. I studied all afternoon of the philosophy of education and other things that I knew that they would ask me in the interview. I went to the interview. I sat down. The principal took one look at me 
And she said, what size shirt do you wear? I got to admit, I looked at her a little befuddled. I said, what size shirt do I wear? She said, yes, you're hired. What size shirt do you wear? I never even had an interview. Why? Because I clung to, I hung on to, that Jesus died for me, that he bore my poverty, that he was buried for me, that he rose again for me, that God told me to go back to teaching. I clung to that, hung on to that, believed that, trusted in that above what I saw and what I felt around me. You know what that is? That's faith. Do you know you have faith? If you're born again, you have faith. So what do you put your faith in? You put your faith in the truth. What is the truth? That Jesus died. That when he died, he bore your sin. He bore your poverty on his own body. He was your substitute. That he bore your sickness, your disease, your weaknesses, your addictions. He bore those on his own body. He was your substitute. That's what the truth is. That's what you trust in. And that he died for you. That his body was laid in a grave, dead. But his spirit and soul descended into hell and suffered the wrath of the Father for you. He was your substitute in hell. He suffered the wrath of God for you. That's the truth. That's what you trust in. And that after the three days in hell, the Father raised him from the dead, brought a man out of hell, brought his spirit and soul out of hell and put it back in that body, totally healing that body, making that body perfect, never to die again. That's the resurrection. And he did it for you as your substitute. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, you were raised with him. You sit in heavenly places. That is the truth. That's what you trust in. You don't trust in what your eye sees. You don't trust in what you feel. Because that's not the truth. What you feel isn't the truth. The death, burial, and resurrection is the truth. What you see is not the truth. The truth is that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose again. That's the truth. That's what you cling to. That's what you hang on to. That's what you believe. And as Romans 3, 7 says, that truth will abound through your lie. And what you're believing will manifest just like my job manifested. Does a person need to be born again? John 3, 1 states, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Notice, a ruler of the Jews admitted that Jesus had to have come from God. And look how Jesus answered him. 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is Jesus speaking to a ruler of the Jews. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What is it to be born again? Romans 10, 9. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. And when you confess Jesus, Lord of your life, and you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, your spirit and the spirit of Jesus become one, and you are born again. Let's finish the program with a war song, a gospel war song. Mighty warrior dressed for battle. Ministered here by the My Girls.
you for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.